Does anyone remember the name of the series that we kicked off last week? Yeah, okay, it's a, it's a good one. That's right. God gives the the what? The spirit without measure. Yes, that's good. Yeah, God gives the spirit without measure, without limit. But you know that that's definitely the right idea. Yeah, God gives the spirit without limit, which is the truth. Uh, we were in one Corinthians twelve last week and it was the passage where it says it's one spirit but he might give this person a gift of this and this person a gift of that and we talked about what the this and the that might look like and we are just going to follow on from that today we're still in 1 Corinthians and yeah you should be able to read that along with me so I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 12 verses 12 to 26 Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say... Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. It seems like Paul just knows that as soon as he starts talking about different kinds of gifts and different types of service and the Spirit gives here and to someone else he gives something over there, that there is this part of our human nature that just starts twitching like it's this one little raw insecure nerve that is like "Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if this is actually for me this is I think that bit where all the Holy Spirit people get together and have a really good time and all the people who aren't or who haven't had a particular experience and whatever are like 
I don't know. I don't know if this is actually for me. So sometimes we think I haven't really had an experience of this gift. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe it's just not for me or we feel envious or jealous of what somebody else seems to have from God. Or on the other hand, you end up feeling like, well, actually, I already, I already know what my spiritual gifts are. I've been operating them, you know, in them for years and I'm fine. Like, obviously, if I'm doing this, I've got some tick of approval from God and we're good. Like, I don't, like, I don't really need anything else. And it feels like Paul just cuts through all of that kind of nonsense with this teaching about what body life is actually all about, like how it was designed, how we were meant to be um, able to fit together and work together to produce something beautiful. And he starts to straighten out some of our thinking in terms of our identity versus a particular gift that we might be operating in in any given day. So to start kind of from the start, I think it's fair to say that Jesus has commissioned uh, his disciples, his followers, to be his body on earth. So that means that we are actually carrying within ourselves and within our community his life and his wisdom and his power and his presence and we actually are the ones that carry that out into the world and it's it's interesting that he uses the picture of the body like he doesn't say you are all cogs in a wheel you're all identical And what you have to do is keep this Christian thing turning over. And if one of the cogs gets broken, we just remove it and the great mechanic in the sky replaces it with another cog that just looks the same. Like that's that's not the picture. The picture is that we are all parts of a body and a body is alive and organic and dynamic and able to move and reach out and touch people and take a hold of things. And it says that this body drinks deeply of the spirit. So that means that even though we're all parts of this body, we're all able to get hydrated by the water of the spirit. That's what keeps us alive and not withered and failing on the ground. The water of this spirit is what we drink of and it fills us up and that is the thing that can actually be released out of us. So as we start to think about body parts, we don't want to get sort of distracted by, by, um, by getting too literal. So you don't want to get into the trap of thinking like... I guess that I am good at listening, so I'm an ear, and that's what I am, and that's what I'll always be, or I'm a foot, or I'm a hand, or I've just got, you know, this one particular function that I seem to be good at, and that seems to be where I fit. Because actually, you know, what Paul is really describing here is something much, much richer and much more organic than that. He's saying, no, the point is that we're a whole and we're made up of all these different parts that are really 
interconnected and really interdependent on one another. And that's the thing that's important. And we're all um, unique in the way that we were designed and we're unique in the way that we function. And every part is essential for the body to work in a healthy and a full way. There's no appendix. No one is an unnecessary organ that could be there or not be there and it wouldn't matter. That's, that's not how it works. So what that really means is that every person in this room and every person that God has created has been really carefully and beautifully handmade by God and crafted and designed and shaped to take their part and their place in the body. And no one else can actually take that place. They can't. That, that's your place. That's your place. And because we're not machines, like the roles and the functions and the place that we have in the body can change and grow and develop and mature and um, be organic in the way that it's expressed. And we know that um, God does give his spirit without limit. So there's always going to be more of that spirit for us to drink in as individuals, but also as a community, there's more for us. We're always growing and developing and expanding. And Paul also tells us that God is the one that puts the body together. So that means that he actually has these kingdom plans and purposes for our relationships. You're not just accidentally here. You're here because... God decided that this was the place where you could be interconnected and um, dependent on the people around you to grow and to flow in what God has for you. So with all of this as context, we can start to understand why competition in the body is really silly and really unnecessary. Like the ear and the mouth don't have to start comparing themselves to each other and deciding, you know, who should have the best treatment or who is the most important or, or, or you know, whatever. Because every part is really critical and every part is, is valuable. And when we were praying um, before we began, Matt was talking about how there's no, there's no second tier as we were in the circle praying. There's no, like first-class citizens and second-class citizens in the body. Like, we're all, all necessary. We're all necessary. Um, I, uh, I used to look at really gifted worship leaders and think, oh, my gosh, I really wish that I had that kind of gifting. That must be amazing. And then start to feel like insecure about who I was and what I thought I was doing and inadequate about that. And the enemy really loves to kind of drag us into these comparing and contrasting mind games because like that's where he can kind of 
shuffle us into two different places. Like when we start to think that our, our identity is all about whatever spiritual gift mix we might have, then we end up basically coming down the road of pride where we start, you know, comparing ourselves and thinking we're coming out better or like shame where we're like, actually, I don't think I do look as good at that as that person does. And so I don't feel as good about myself. I feel unconfident. Either way, it's really unhelpful because it means that you shrink back and you are not actually, you know, fulfilling the part that God has for you or you're doing it in a way that's not humble and doesn't recognize that actually all of this stuff is gift and a gift is a gift you didn't earn it it's from this generous God who pours himself out into us and through us for the joy of actually loving and serving the people around us so as soon as we remember that and sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that it the gifts get put back in their right place They're the thing that our generous father gives us to use to love and serve the people around us. And that's it. So we're told to eagerly desire those gifts. They are special and they're important. And when they're working and operating well, people are getting blessed. People are being touched by God. Like that's that's a good thing. But we can't base our identity on a particular gift that we're operating in on any given day. Because we're all... We're all beloved, and that's more than just loved by God. You're all beloved by God, precious, cherished, thought of constantly. You're all unique, and you're all connected members of the body of Christ. And we need to bring our whole selves to that because we all have um, a story. We all have a testimony. We all have passions and strengths and experiences of life that the body needs. And, and we're all in process. We're all really in process at the moment, as it turns out. So I think as we just start to settle into that identity of who we are and not get it too mixed up with what gifts we're flowing in, we can actually um, start to be able to celebrate one another's victories really freely. Like you can be really happy for someone who's receiving honour, you know, and not feel jealous of that person because you're part of the body. That part of that honour is for you too. You know, we're all sharing the victories together. And when part of the body is in pain or is suffering loss or is hurting or wounded, then we feel that too because that's our pain as well. You know, we're not just amputating a part. We're all coming together to lift that part back up and to get it working again because we need it and we want the body restored. So I, I feel like something that God wants to do today is to just start to awaken in us our part in the body or where we fit. If you feel like you don't have a good sense of that, or only a very developing sense of it, the word that I heard was actually being awakened. And I really like that because it means that you don't have to go on some big quest to find your place in the body. Like God will awaken that in you and it will start to emerge and develop and take shape. So that's what I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do with us. And we'll have some time to kind of just lean into that and pray for anybody who wants some prayer for that. 
But I also just wanted to touch really briefly on um, how we actually flow together in the spirit corporately because this whole body analogy works really well on like a macro level like we have lots of different communities of believers around the world and we're all part of that global body but then on a local level we're all parts of the body here at Viva and we all have our part we all have a part here and a place here but then even when we're gathering together this body thing still works because God wants to have a conversation with his people. He wants to speak. He wants to minister to us. And he wants us to be a part of that. So what that looks like practically can be, say someone is being prayed for, or we're just in a, in a corporate type meeting. One person might get a scripture. Another person might get another part of the whole, which is another scripture that confirms the same thing. Someone else got, might get a picture that kind of expands or completes the picture. So we all get, we all get a bit. Right. No, 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 don't. You get a, a much more full sense of what the Lord is saying or what the Lord is expressing to his people in any given moment. So that, that is a thing. Um, and as we go back into worship, we're just going to have some time to process as we worship. And then by the time we sort of get to the second song, there'll be a moment if you feel like the spirit is stirring on you and you're like, actually, I, something has resonated in me along the way. I'd like some prayer for that. If you're around that person, I encourage you to just bless what the Lord is doing and spend some time to just listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying and just let it come to you rather than kind of trying to work yourself up to listen to something. Just trust that God's able to speak to you and you'll be able to hear it as he speaks. Um, I think that's all.